0: Welcome to The Cheerful Stoic, the podcast where we read, meditate, and reflect on the ancient Stoic philosophers. All right, Michael McGill, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, I know that time is very, very precious and limited. Seneca often talks about the importance of managing our time wisely, and so you taking the time to be here with us is something I appreciate and I thank you for it. I hope that the time that we spend together is mutually encouraging and beneficial to you, to me, and to our listening audience. Uh, Before diving in, Michael, can you tell us a little bit about yourself to the extent that you see fit? And and can you tell us how you came to embrace Stoicism as your philosophy of life? Yeah, yeah,
1: Juan. Thanks for for, uh, inviting me to have a conversation with you. Uh, Always love The opportunity to uh, talk with somebody about stoicism as I don't get much of an opportunity in my real life to sit down and have a long drawn out conversation with somebody about stoicism. So, always love the opportunity to talk about it. Um, My name is Michael Miguel. Um, You certainly feel free to call me Mike as well. Um, You know, you know, I, it, you know, professionally, I'm a, a CIO, a, a chief information officer for a healthcare organization. I've been in technology for 20 plus years, so uh, you know, I guess that's one way we could describe what I do. Uh, mm-hmm. More importantly, I'm a husband, a father of two kids, uh, and somebody who loves stoicism and, and tweets and blogs and writes newsletters and, 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 and creates other content about stoicism. Uh, along with other things that, you know, I write about. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how I came to discover stoicism is, you know, kind of serendipity, coincidence, fate. Um, you know, I, I, I like to read a lot. And, uh, you know, typically, whenever I get a book recommendation, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. Some sit in a pile to be read later. Some I dive in right away. So similar along the line, I was introduced to The Obstacle is the Way by I run. Mm. Um, That was my gateway. Um, it it wet my appetite about Stoicism. I want, it's not a book about Stoicism, but it, it has Stoic. Mm-hmm. We'll introduce you to Stoicism. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really intrigued me. And so I kind of continued my journey and I read A Guide to the Food Life by William Irvine. Mm. And I was left off to the races from there. I've read all the works of the Stoics. I've probably read about six or seven different books about Stoicism. Um, it just it kind of Fit me like a glove. Um, mm-hmm. They say that when the teacher is ready, or when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and that's kind of what stoicism. It came into it, it came to came to my life at a time where I I needed it,
0: mm. and it
1: resonated with me. And uh, I'm just a huge fan
0: of stoicism. Awesome! Thank you so much for sharing. It sounds like from the get-go it was it was like love love at first sight <laughs> you you yeah, learned the philosophy I, you found it beneficial you enjoyed it and you just you dove right in
1: yeah yeah that i think love at first sight is is a great way to put it again it's just uh, you know round peg round hole like it, i had a stoicism shaped hole or something that it just kind of plugged right into and um, you know it's just uh just the principles and the message uh it it suits me as the philosophy of life you know I I don't I think my philosophy of life is a little bit of a jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. uh, different things that I kind of that resonate with me and I cobble together into the way I like to view the world and how the way I try to carry myself through it um stoicism is a big part of that and it, it really kind of you know again it, it helped calm things that were kind of going on in my
0: head where i
1: was at in my life at the time i found it
0: or it found me Mm. excellent okay so let me let me give you three quick i think easy questions that i'm always interested whenever i meet somebody who is also into stoicism first one who's your favorite ancient stoic from the classic stoic masters
1: yeah, there's not, a, you know, right, there's not a lot to choose from, um, mm-hmm. you know, how many of their works survived. Right. Over the ages. Um, but I, you know, Marcus Aurelius is my favorite. And, and I th- think the reason why is, you know, here's a guy who is the emperor of Rome, I mean, the most powerful empire on the face of the earth at the time, the mm-hmm. most powerful human being, I mean, looked upon as a god, I mean, just, you know, this ultimately supremely powerful Mm -hmm. and here he is i'm just envisioning him in his tent at night by candlelight on the battlefront with his journal in front of him writing to remind himself to be a good person Mm -hmm. Um, just writing to remind himself to be a stoic and writing about these stoic principles and Mm -hmm. you know there's just something about that i just admire when you look at Nero and Caesar and other mm. emperors who just let their power, you know, power just totally corrupted them. Um, here is somebody who, um, again, used stoicism to ground themselves and remind themselves to be a good person. So, um, yeah, I, and Marcus is my favorite, uh, you know, love Epictetus. I mm-hmm. Admire the writings of Seneca as well. You know, Seneca is always this kind of kind of shady kind of character. Yeah. So like I said what's he got going on with Nero and all this? And he was mm-hmm. a pretty wealthy person on his own. Um, but you know, love the writings of Seneca as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Marcus Marcus would be number one in my rankings of Marcus Epictetus Seneca, and I guess. Uh, Rufio um, Rufus. Oh my God! Why am I forgetting
0: this? Musonius
1: Rufus. Musonius, yeah. Thank you, Musonius yeah. Rufus. I have not read any of his works. I'm kind of looking in this direction up at my bookshelf. I have a book of Musonius that uh, is is next on my list of Stoic readings. Um, but yeah, I'm a big Marcus fan.
0: Cool. I just bought a copy of an anthology of his writings as well from Musonius okay. Rufus. Yeah, I'm kind of reading that I... soon.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know
0: you influenced Epictetus, I believe, so mm-hmm. I'm uh, excited to, uh, yeah. to dive into Great. Well, thank you for that. I think uh, it, it's hard not to have Marcus Aurelius be your favorite uh, philosopher. I think the reason I like him as well is because he's writing for himself, right? Like Epictetus is teaching. Seneca, he's a writer. He's just also instructing other people and trying to make a name for himself, but Marcus Aurelius is writing strictly for himself, for his own growth, for his own benefit. And the meditations was not supposed to be a published work. So I think he's modeling what we're supposed to be doing, right, with Stoicism. we're supposed to have this inner dialogue so that we can discipline ourselves to follow the principles and to, to walk the path. And I think he models that very well.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, well, that's a, that's, yeah, that is a great thing. You and I are very much on the same page. That's a, that's just another reason why I admire Marcus is the fact that he, again, this wasn't, this was him writing to himself. It's like you or I sitting down with our journals in the evening or morning or what, you know, and just writing whatever it is we write to ourselves. And here again was the most powerful person writing that kind of grounding himself, like reminding himself. You know, to be a good person and to be a, to be a, a, a good stoic, or at least reminding himself of stoic principles. So yeah, yeah, I think so. it looks like we have a mutual admiration
0: for Marcus. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about modern stoics? Do you have like a favorite modern living stoic that that you like to follow?
1: Well, I mean, there's you know, there's uh, you know, I think you and I discovered each other on Twitter, as I kind of am discovering most really kind of. Cool, mm-hmm. exciting new people that I'm meeting these days on Twitter. Um, you know, there's some really good uh, stoic accounts. There's one uh, called "What Is Stoicism." Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, I, I've spoken with the with with uh, with the person who runs that account. I, I won't say his name because he doesn't say his name on Twitter. But I've spoken with him. He you know, but his account is is really good, and uh, uh, you know, definitely a great follow if you're into stoicism. Um, you know, you obviously can't talk about modern Stoics without mentioning Ryan Holiday. Um, mm-hmm. I think he is—he is, uh played a very huge part, along with Donald Robertson, and along with uh, Massimo Pigliucci. hopefully I'm pronouncing his, his mm-hmm. last name properly. You know, I think they're the big three of modern Stoics that are helping to spread the word on Stoicism. And, you know, I'm always going to be eternally grateful to Ryan Holiday for writing The Obstacles the mm. Way. Um, and kind of being my gateway drug to stoicism, and I love Ryan's other books. Stillness is the key, mm-hmm. or um, you know, ego is the enemy. He's kind of got that trifecta yeah. uh, of books that again have stoic themes, not necessarily about stoicism. I know he did write a, a book recently uh, about specifically the Stoics,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but you know, again, and then I think if you go out a little bit about modern philosophers, um, yeah, I'm a big Naval Ravikant fan i don't know yeah you know, i know he talks about stoicism he'll touch on stoicism a little bit um but you know again if we're talking kind of modern philosophers i, I know a lot of people on twitter know who Naval is and, and follow He's you know kind of a founder agile investor you mm-hmm. know you know kind of in that camp but just also somebody who just talks about a lot of other things wealth and happiness and uh has a lot of really good insights and, you know, like any good philosopher kind of makes you pause and and think and reflect upon your own own life and how you see things. So um, again, maybe not purely a stoic, uh, I would throw Naval Ravikant kind of in that realm of modern philosophers that I really enjoy
0: how they uh, challenge my thinking. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. All right, last question related what is your favorite stoic theme? So I know some people are really into cosmopolitanism. Some people are really into the idea of embracing fate, uh, memento mori. I mean, there's so many ideas that different people latch onto and that, that really speak to them and that they make central to their everyday thinking and living. Do you have like favorite theme that you like to dwell upon or that you cannot help but to dwell upon constantly?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. It's almost a little bit like what are the stoic greatest hits? Like if you're making a stoic mixtape or a greatest uh-huh. hits tape or you know, or or you know, playlist, you know, yeah. you do like you mentioned a lot of them, you kind of have those very easy takeaways. I mean, you know, stoicism is something you can dive into it and academically mm-hmm. and really dive into it. And I I'm much more of a general practitioner of stoicism mm-hmm. than academic. So a lot of the ones you mentioned are kind of the ones in my playlist and the ones that kind of play in my head and and you know, are, are kind of the anchors back to you know, what is stoicism versus this kind of nebulous philosophy. There's very specific teachings that that okay. it, it gives us and practical ways of approaching our lives. So, you know, to answer your question, for me it's this it's the beginning of the Enchiridion by Epictetus, you know, mm. of things that are some within our control and things that are not within our control. And I think the one main takeaway from stoicism that I would say I really probably use on a daily basis is really the that dichotomy of control
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and looking at what can I control and what can I, can't I can mm-hmm. I control. And I think I've been kind of practicing stoicism for long enough now that that is baked in to my thinking. And when I find myself getting upset about something, it runs through that filter very mm-hmm. easily at this point. Mm-hmm. And You know, God, how helpful is that through the pandemic and and just through the kind of, you know, kind of a lot of crazy things that happened in 2020, you know, with the pandemic politically, um, socially, there was a lot going on there that um, it's very easy to see the anger that's going on with people. Um, through this stuff, and, and look, I mean, not not to discredit that. There's there's just a lot that's gone on in the last year. Stoicism has been like a warm blanket over me during that time to kind of protect me a little bit. And I don't know if that's a, a great analogy, but just that simple filter of is this something I can control or not? So like the pandemic, I mean, I I can't control a pandemic. All I can do is control following precautions, keeping myself you know, safe, keeping my family safe, making sure we're doing what we need to do to keep ourselves safe, getting a vaccination, should we choose that's the right thing that we want to do for our family. Um, but just focusing on what I can control and can't control, I would say is the, the theme that I has benefited me the most. And I kind of tell people, if, if you get a few, if that's the only thing you come away from stoicism, mm. with, then it was very worth your introduction to stoicism, because again, there's just, just wish we could have like put some stoicism in the vaccinations that people are getting. (laughs) Just teach people just a little bit about just not getting so angry Mm. about things that ultimately you do not have.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to disagree with Epictetus and and why that's (laughs) number one, right? Absolutely, I think I like uh, embracing your fate. Because I think it's all encompassing. You have to embrace your death. You have to embrace your life, the obstacles, the people that you're surrounded with. So to me, that's very helpful. I'm a a big picture type of guy. So that really helps me. And of course, I apply to different situations. When I'm driving, when I'm waiting for my son to be done, uh, his swimming class. I mean, whatever it is, you can apply it every single day. And I think the genius of stoicism is that it gives you these uh, mental tools or artifacts that you can have with you, and you can apply very quickly every day.
1: Mm-hmm. Every
0: day you can practice and and benefit immediately.
1: Yeah, 100% one. You know, that is the the beauty of stoicism is its practicality, and the fact that it 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 can be simple. It can be complex. I mean, again, there can be an academic view. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say it's an overly simplistic, but it is. If you read the works of Epictetus. I mean, read the Enchiridion. It's it's very clear and to the the point. It's very it's it it you know again it, it's it's easily consumable, and yeah, I like the point that you make about acceptance. I mean, I think it just bolts right onto the dichotomy of control. It's like mm-hmm. okay, the entryway is can I control or can't control, and I think there's a degree of influence in there as well. I, I don't know if it's a hundred percent black. Like there are things that I can control, but if it's if it's or I can influence, I should say to some extent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if it's veering down the path of look, I can't control this, or there's so little control, it's not even or it's not even worth my effort to try and influence this situation. I mean that's where acceptance bolts onto. Mm-hmm. So I it, my the only thing I can do now is accept it exactly as it is, or I can desire something different. Or you know, I, I can I can choose to, to mentally suffer over this situation, but you know I think acceptance is uh, is uh, always obviously the more peaceful route to go. Once I know that either I've you know chosen this circumstance for myself or I have no control
0: over it, now it's time to accept. Excellent. I like that we're talking about practice because, I mean, as you said, Epictetus drills this all over the discourse that you have to practice, practice, practice. You can't just become an academic or uh, or somebody who's just really deep in theory. You have to do it. You have to practice and that's how you're really going to learn it. With that in mind, my next question for you is for people who are exploring, maybe they just finished their first read of the meditations and they just read it to figure out, well, what what is this about? And they haven't yet uh, taking the step towards beginning to put it into practice. Like I, I put myself in that camp. When I first learned, I didn't really practice it at first. I just wanted to know, what is this thing? What is it about? And after I read, I think, Marcus Aurelius Epictetus and Seneca, it took me a while to get to the point where I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it really practical now. I, I have the theory down. It makes sense to me. I'm going to start doing it. And so then I read a couple of books, and there are some of them, for example, Massimo Piglucci has one that has like, I think 52 exercises or something. There's so many, and to me, that was overwhelming. And uh, what I wanna know is what would be three exercises that would you recommend to somebody who more or less has the theory down, what would you recommend to them to get started on their story practice?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You're right. You know, it's philosophy. It's kind of nebulous. How do you take, you know, these writings of Seneca, and how do you take Marcus journaling to himself, and Epictetus, and kind of what he's saying? How do you like turn that into like a tangible practice? I mean, it 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 can be. I think for anybody who's new to Stoicism, like, okay, how do I like actually start doing this in real life? And um, you know, I, I think for anything. For me, I kind of look at it, what I call like the SPR method, you know, study, practice, reflect. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, the, the three things I would say, one is kind of continued reading. Um, I've been into stoicism for five years now, I think somewhere in that ballpark. I just finished reading How to Think Like a Roman Emperor by Donald Robertson. Mm-hmm have the practicing stoic I'm pointing up here looking over at my bookshelf here as a an, Stoic as another stoicism I'm, Bustonius. I'm, I'm planning on reading I think you know the daily stoic is a great way to just kind of you know that study is kind of that daily kind of reading and reminder about stoic principles whether it's through reading a book about stoicism every year at the beginning of each new year I read meditations again um, you know just kind of kind of continuously it's not like oh cool I learned stoicism all right good I'm gonna go mm. up into the like Mm-hmm. it's something that and, and even you know to make it an easy lift just getting the daily stoic and reading every day reading a stoic reflection just to to kind of keep that studying going on so i think that's one thing i would say um you know practicing you know uh, it, it kind of in daily life it's just kind of you know kind of in setting the intention of when you're going to use a stoic principle so one thing i kind of example i give is um you know, every time I get, I feel that I'm upset about something, I will run it through the dichotomy of control. Um, and, and, and then making that like a, um, a tangible, you know, intentional thing that I will do during the day. Um, and then the last part, the R reflecting, I think the third practice for me is journaling is a huge part of that reflection process. So what I do, and, you know, this, you know, Donald Robertson talked about this a little bit in his book, and it was kind of a kind of a, probably a general stoic framework for journaling and reflecting. I think Seneca talks about it at the end of your day, you know, reflect back, um, you know, so th- what I do in my, in my journaling is what did I do good? What did I do bad? And what do I, what, how can I do it better? And I don't like to sugarcoat that middle part. What did I do bad? I think you know, Epictetus also has say, has that quote, like you know, the school of philosophy should be like visiting the doctor. You know, it should be painful. You know, I, I think that's part of our job. Of like, you know, no, we don't want to like beat ourselves up and, uh, you know, about, you know, oh, wow, I really messed up. I'm gonna feel horrible. But I mean, to be clear, like what, how, how, how did I practice stoicism well today? How did I do it not so good? And what could I have done better? So I think, you know, again, to your your to your to question, what are three things, read about it, whether that's just by reading stoicism books or reading the daily stoic every day, set some sort of intentional practice that you will do during the day that uh, on a stoic principle, and then journal or reflect on that in the evening. I like to journal in the evening um, and just look back on my day and find the opportunities of how I might be able to do something a little bit better tomorrow.
0: Excellent. Great suggestions. I think I do something similar. I I read early in the morning, and then what I do is the prima meditatio malorum, so the premed, foreseeing adversity, right? I forget what they call it in English, but basically you run through your day. So this is my plan. I'm going to do A, B, and C today. Then you think about, okay, what obstacles are going to go wrong when, when I take my son, for example, to swimming class? How can I prepare for those? And I found that very, very helpful. Because for me personally, Desiree it, it's easy, or des- it's easy to, uh, to get frustrated or to struggle with anger when things don't go my way. Desiree so, or Desiree. Okay, my wife's calling me. All right. So what I do then is I try to prepare myself for the scenario where things don't go my way. And then inevitably something, sometimes things don't go my way. And then I find myself uh, able to be more calm, to be more rational, to be cool and to deal with the situation in a much better way. So, yeah. yeah, I think all the suggestions you're make you're making are excellent and they're practical. And I mean, honestly, anybody can do them. Like, Anybody can do this. You just have to Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean it's really it's simple mental exercises, but it's like you things you just don't think about until, at least for me, until I was introduced to them through stoicism. So yeah, the practice you, you were just describing. I mean, that's what I love about Marcus, he kind of pulls no punches, you know, and and you know, kind of like strips away kind of all the BS, if you will. And like I remember like when I first read Meditations, he has that one passage where, you know, today I will meet with people who are mm-hmm. arrogant. Thing, and you're like, oh, well, Mark is kind of doesn't sound like he has a great kind of uh, you know, thoughts about his fellow humans but then he goes on to say about that but you know, they, they are my fellow brothers and sisters and we're all part. Mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, I think the main part of it and again, another important lesson in It's kind of like shame on us if we let ourselves get taken by surprise mm-hmm. when things go sideways because mm-hmm. that's how life is I mean, life mm-hmm. is really just kind of working from one problem to the next I mean mm-hmm. it never goes smoothly. I mean it's really kind of shame on us if we get upset because a circumstance didn't go the way we would have wanted it to. I mean circumstances typically don't go exactly the way we want them to. So um, yeah that's that's a great that's a great practice as well kind of that that premeditation and uh, just again not letting yourself be taken by surprise. When things go sideways a little bit. And even kind of the piece of that, I know another good stoic practice of negative visualization, which mm-hmm. I think just kind of goes hand in hand with that. Just again, um, kind of just imagining a little bit of things not, of things being worse than they are right now. I mean, if I'm like, you know, driving to my job and, uh, you know, my job or whatever might be going well, imagine you got to work that day with a notice that you were being laid off uh you know imagine if you didn't have that job or if you get frustrated with your kids I mean God, imagine Mm -hmm. you know again Epictetus not pulling punches like imagine your child is dead um again I like that about stoicism you know the not the kind of not pulling any punches and yeah kind of having that mental exercise of nothing is guaranteed I don't know what's going to happen to me I don't know what's going to happen to my kids I really better treasure this moment I have with them right now because there's no guarantees in the future.
0: Excellent. Very good. Okay, now what I would like to do is I'm gonna talk about something that I've seen you mention on your Twitter feed or timeline. Uh, I wrote a question down, let me read it. It says, I have seen you talk about on Twitter about the importance of finding your niche when it comes to the practice of stoicism. What is your niche and how is stoicism helping you do a better job in pursuit of your goals and passions? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: a great question. Um, You know, it's funny as far as what's my niche uh, as far as Twitter, you know, I think I'm still very much a generalist, you know, as far as what content I put out there. Because I mean, look at real life on a generalist, you know, I mean, I think Mm -hmm. there's maybe a part of me that's still deciding what am I going to be on Twitter when I grow up. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably something in the stoicism mindset, tech you know, again, um, you know, I've been in IT for 20 plus years. I've, I've kind of had an opportunity to advance in my career. I think there's, there's ways I can you know, help people uh, continue to grow professionally and, and, you know, develop their leadership skills in, in IT. Um, and, and, you know, stoicism is, uh, is part of that. You know, um, you know, being more stoic is going to help you as an IT professional, it's going to help you anywhere, you know, really in your life. Um, you know, it's funny, you know, the question, you know, the, the, you know, how does stoicism help me do a better job in pursuit of goals and passions? Um, again, that accepting and that control, no control piece. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, specifically as someone who's trying to create content and put it out to the world, in the form of tweets, in the form of blog posts, in the form of mm-hmm. newsletters, um, you know, you're taking a piece of yourself and you're putting it out there to the world and saying, hey, world, do you approve of this? Like, what do you think about this? Um, and again, there's two pieces to that. I, I, I have control and I don't have control. I have, I have control in the creation process you know, am I going to say this? Well, I'm going to put an effort into it. I'm going to make sure it's grammatically correct. I'm going to make sure that I'm using good language. I'm going to make sure I'm expressing this point well. Um, You know, I think that's the artistic part of it, the part I can control. And then I, my job is to push the publish button at that point. Then there's a whole lot of, I can't control Mm -hmm. going on. Are people going to like it? Are people going to retweet it? Are people going to follow me? Are people going to sign up for my newsletter? Mm. I don't have control over that part, and it's hard to not get emotionally attached to the results of the work mm-hmm. that you put out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's something just in our DNA uh, that we want approval from other people, and mm-hmm. we want to know people like the things that we're making. But ultimately, we don't—we have no control over that. So, I think as um, somebody who's trying to create stuff and put it out to the world and hope I help the world in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, however the world chooses to respond to that is outside of my control. So, you know, kind of one way I like to look at it is kind of like an artist with the creation, but like a scientist with the results. You know, I mean, I'm passionate with how I put stuff out there, analytical with the feedback I'm getting from yeah. it. Um, and saying, oh, this resonated. Oh, wait, this really did. Oh, this people seem to appreciate this way of expressing it. Maybe I should do that a little bit more. So I think um, you know, stoicism specifically helps to try and be more analytical and objective with the feedback that I'm getting from the stuff that I'm trying to put out there as uh, again, somebody who who writes and 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 you know hopes that I write something that would resonate with people or help them. Mm.
0: I think you alluded to stoicism as a, as an operating system i really like that metaphor i think yeah. it's so powerful because again stoicism is all about how you think if you question your natural thinking and you replace it with this philosophy your thoughts start to interpret and change how you run your life and i think uh this metaphor of stoicism as a as an operating system is very helpful
1: yeah i think you know it fits because I'm in IT, I'm in tech, um, mm-hmm. so operating systems kind of fit, you know, kind of that mold a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like what's an operating for the for the computer operating system for the computer? It's it's default. Mode. It's kind of it's the programming that it's going to use to, you know, do its thing. It's not going to be able to run the applications. It's not going to be able to do all this other stuff without the operating system kind of, you know, at the root level there. Um, So I I feel like Stoicism kind of fits that metaphor, that description well, you know, it was kind of that framework that I kind of process my thinking through and kind of hopefully controls to one degree or another or influences how I'm going to perform in the world. Mm -hmm.
0: Excellent. Uh, Well, by profession, I am a middle school math teacher. And so that's what I teach. That's what I'm credentialed and licensed to teach. But uh, I think over the last few years, I've really gotten a passion for stoic philosophy. And as important as math is, and it is important, I think philosophy is so much more important. And so I'm really thinking moving forward of ways in which I can uh, introduce my students to, to stoicism, maybe start like a Greek philosophy club after school. I mean, I'm really pondering and thinking and planning right now because I really feel like when, when you have students that are in seventh grade, eighth grade, moving on to high school, that is a time where they really need to start paying attention to, to their thinking, to their patterns, to their habits, to their routines. And so I feel like there's a great need for that. And I think traditional schooling, I mean, they teach you English, math, science, et cetera, but they don't teach you this art of living. Maybe in history, you have a little section where you talk about, you know, the early Greek philosophers and whatnot, but there's no actual instruction. And I think I wanna do something to remedy, to remedy that, at least where I work, right? So I've been thinking a lot about, okay, what, what can I do to, to, to teach teenagers to, to make uh, stoicism more palatable, more understandable or digestible to them? I know you mentioned that you have a, a teenager yourself. So I wanted to ask you, what, what do you think we can do to train the youth or to teach the youth these life-changing principles?
1: Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I, I admire that. You know, Juan, that you aspire to do that. Um, you know, school years, eighth grade. I mean, it's it's, it's it's brutal time. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's hard. Uh, it's,
0: yeah,
1: it's kind of unfortunate the way life unfolds. That kind of a lot of the hardest things that happen to us happen when we don't necessarily have the tools to combat those, Mm -hmm. to to combat them. But I mean, it's it's part of the process of growing up, but I agree that kind of injecting some stoic principles along the way, like if if you could hit your high school years, learning to, again, accept things, realizing what you can and can't control, Mm -hmm. um, again, being objective towards this feedback you're getting, um, if, you know, yeah I would have loved to have known a little bit about stoicism before I hit high school um, mm-hmm. you know there's a whole heck of a lot of stuff I worried about through high school that ultimately I have no control over. Um, and if I would have had some degree of stoicism that might have helped ease the ease the pain that sometimes you feel through your high school years um, you know how you go about doing that yeah that's that's a good one you know you mentioned that I have children and you know um, yeah, i try to teach them stoicism without necessarily using the word stoicism mm-hmm. it's not, oh you know hey my eight year old daughter let's sit down and let's talk about uh stoicism yeah I, yeah just not gonna right. resonate. With but if i if, if i see she comes home from school with a problem and i talk to her and we look at it i may ask you know well is this something you can control you know is there any what can you do about this is there anything you can do about this and just trying to teach them early on um well if you can't do anything to control it then you just accept that as it is and don't worry about it so just kind of you know again as a parent in mm-hmm. general kind of as we talk to our children trying to infuse some of that stuff into those discussions now you know my son uh, you know is 14 and we'll, we'll talk stoicism um you know it's, it's funny he just uh just this last weekend, I, I gave him a little assignment to go read or find a video about hedonic adaptation because we were kind of talking about something, he wanted something. And mm. i like, well, wait, you just got this other thing and now you already want this. Well, mm. He's a kid, of course he wants it. But, you know, again, trying to kind of teach him that concept since he's getting a little bit older, that, you know, we're a lot happier in life if we appreciate what we have instead of keep looking for that next thing mm. that's gonna make us happier. Mm-hmm. So, look, I, I don't know if I'm helping at all. And, like, how do you teach this to students? And would they, would they be interested in going to a philosophy thing after school? Mm-hmm. I think, in the end, you know, we, we do our best teaching through our actions and um, finding just at the right moment to inject a stoic thought. Like, right? mm-hmm. and like a little bit of the example I gave with my, with my son when I kind of noticed he was getting into that wanting something else maybe a little bit better than what he already had kind of injecting maybe a little bit of a, a stoic thought about being happy and appreciating what you have instead um you know and, you know again you know I, I think above and beyond just trying to exemplify and live be a power of example of stoicism um, I would imagine as a uh, as a teacher you uh, of students you probably get the opportunity to practice stoicism quite a bit um you know having been an eighth grader myself i know sometimes they aren't always the nicest towards their teachers and i'm sure you get some more challenging students and you probably have a great opportunity to express to everybody how you handle that those types of situations stoically and kind of exemplify stoic principles to your students Uh, But again, I admire it. I think it's awesome. I totally agree that, um, you know, that students, uh, it would be great to introduce stoic principles in some way, shape, or form. I think we're we're doing those students a favor as much as, uh, you know, mindfulness. And one thing I'd like to like with my kids in our school system, they have been introduced to mindfulness a little bit, uh, which I think is another hugely valuable uh, skill to have, and I think you know, to me, mindfulness and stoicism always kind of went to went together like peanut butter and jelly, uh, you know, just really complement each other. So finding some way to kind of just introduce stoicism, I think it's a noble cause, um, and uh, you know, wish you the best of luck. And I think that's a, a, a really wonderful uh, you know,
0: kind of uh, wonderful principles to introduce to your students. Yeah, so. I'm thinking over the summer as to how I can give them a good introduction without overwhelming them. I know it's important to model more than anything because teenagers, I mean, they'll listen to something that you're doing yourself, that you're modeling. They're not going to listen to preaching or teaching if they don't see you doing it. So I think that's, that's really important.
1: Yeah. Maybe, you know, just kind of random thought, but maybe you kind of drop it in your classes while you're doing, just drop some stoicism and kind of, uh, just like with selling anything, kind of warm them up a little bit. And then, you know, um, you know, maybe you'll find the students that are kind of interested or asking questions or something. And they might want to you know, learn a little bit more and, and, and
0: get involved in something a little more formal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I envision only a few of them being really into it. Some of them somewhat interested in another handful. Like, why are we doing this? But that's right. just how it goes.
1: Yeah, it's usually how
0: goes. That's why I like the idea of the club because it's optional. And you get the kids that that are interested or at least curious. Okay, Uh, one more question. So you and I both spent a good amount on Twitter and there are little by little more and more stoic accounts and people and personalities and so forth. So I wanted to ask you this. What are some pitfalls or dangers that we need to be weary of as we strive to follow the stoic path and then what are some errors that you have seen fellow Stoics spread in our timelines on Twitter that you would like to see less of?
1: So first question, like pitfalls of Stoicism. And um, you know, I think one thing you have to watch out a little bit for is making sure your acceptance doesn't become apathy. Um, not falling into, a, oh, well, it's out of my control, I'm just going to accept it, you know, nothing I can do about it. And mm-hmm. um, not let that go so far as to be a cop-out, um, you know, again, and that's why I like, and you know, William Irvine talks about it in his book, A Guide to the Good Life. He actually, he has the tri, he kind of takes Epictetus' dichotomy of control, turns it into his trichotomy of control, mm-hmm. which I prescribe to, because I do kind of believe that there's some gray to that black and white, you know, it's not, I don't, again, I think you can come after that and go, oh, that's not my control. And okay, I'm not going to do anything about it. Where if you challenge yourself a little bit, maybe there is a way you could influence the situation, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully for the better in some way, shape or form. So I think for me, I've kind of, I've, I've kind of caught myself. I'm speaking for myself from the pitfall. You know, I mean, I, I caught myself like, wait. Well, I think maybe you're getting a little too Apothe- like i think maybe you're let, let's really challenge whether we there's nothing we can control about this situation here mm. and um make sure it doesn't go so far again as to be a cop out of like wash my hands i can't do anything about it i'm going to accept it and, and leave it as it is and i don't believe that's the intention of stoicism at all uh, you know, i don't think you know acceptance isn't meant to be i'm just going to lay over accept this situation and and you know not do anything about it but i think if you if you there's kind of there's danger of going up that direction, of getting a little too apathetic. If you feel, if you just kind of pop out and say, okay, I can't do anything to control this situation. Um, as far as what I see in Twitter that maybe I would like to see less of, I, I don't know that anything really jumps to mind. One, well, I mean, look, I, I, you know, I like that there's people out there spreading the word on stoicism. I believe, Everyone can benefit. I mean, just again, from you could just take two or three kind of small things away from stoicism, and mm-hmm. your life will be better. Whether it's stoicism's a fad right now or whatever, mm-hmm. call it what you will. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, not getting upset about things you can't control, um, accepting the things that happen, being mm-hmm. unselfish. You know, um, yeah, that's not a fad. You know, <laughs> that's you know, that's always. to be something that's going to benefit human beings that's why here we are two thousand years later still having people benefit from these words that were written so long ago they're just about the human condition so um you know i mean there's a lot of people just kind of throwing quotes out there I, i wouldn't mind seeing some of your own personality or how you process stoicism you know and maybe seeing your unique insight I, mean, I can i got all the books over here i can flip open meditations and i can grab a quote on any page that's going to help me um so i think i think there's some stoicism accounts that will just kind of just put quotes up and i'm a little more like oh, i would like to hear your thoughts on this or maybe how you're putting this in your life or you know kind of maybe some of your own unique content or perspective on it so mm-hmm. not that i i don't that follow them still, and I don't mind seeing a I don't mind and all the other stuff that comes across my Twitter feed mm-hmm. to see a good stoicism quote for by. Um, but you know, maybe just you know putting your own thoughts or unique content about stoicism out there versus just mm-hmm. putting a bunch of quotes out.
0: Mm. Excellent. Yeah, as of late, I've been kind of looking for different editions, for example, of the meditations or of Epictetus and his discourse, I want something with commentary. I don't want just the translation. I want commentary. I want footnotes. And I know there are a few out there, but I feel like the notes are a little bit minimal.
1: <laughs> right. So it's- there is, this is, fun, I'm telling you, and that's one thing like Twitter, it almost feels like in somebody's like you plugged, like I've, I've taken the red pill and I've gone in, I'm in the matrix now. It's just the weird serendipity and coincidence of things happen. So the weird coincidence I was just speaking with somebody else earlier today about stoicism, and they recommended to me the Robin Waterfield translation of meditations, because just like you mentioned, it's like there's annotations, a little bit more of a modern translation with some annotations Mm. and whatnot in there. I'm not recommending, um, I can't recommend it because I haven't read it, but I have it. I'm looking down here because I have it jotted down here. Because I just read about it earlier, and I have a tab open here in my browser with, uh, from Amazon. I'm going to throw it in my wish list. But just to mention, I mean, I'm, for me, meditations, I'm a huge fan of the Gregory Hayes translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I read first. I mm-hmm. just, the last time I read it, I read the George Long translation, which is an older translation. Right. And if I would have read the George Long translation of meditations first, I probably never would have read it again. Mm. Um, just too dense. These mm-hmm. and those, and you know, you have to like read it a few times to so, like
0: make
1: mm-hmm. sure so I'm understanding yeah. what yeah. is being said here, or literally, it's just so dense or so kind of archaic. I like, uh, uh, not archaic would be the right word, but just the way it's, it's translated 10 sentences in, my brain's checked out, and I, I'm like half, I'm like mechanically reading, but not processing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Gregory Hayes
1: translation is just so beautifully translated. It's so accessible. Mm-hmm. You read it, you get it, it, boom, it hits you upside the head and you're like, wow, what a powerful thought. Here. Um, so like I'm with you, the translation makes a, a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I strongly encourage anybody who's reading meditations the first time to read the Gregory Hayes translation but I did just learn today about this robin waterfield translation that's supposed to have annotations that mm. supposed, to, I think maybe even you know kind of how you mentioned wanting to see someone's some annotations that's what how it's been explained to me so I'm going to check that out.
0: Now. sounds good I'll, I'll definitely grab a copy I'm a, I'm a bit of a collector at this point anyway
1: yeah yeah I tend to kind of buy first and ask questions later ask questions later with books. <laughs>
0: Great. Well, thanks so much for, for spending time with me today, sharing your thoughts and insights. Is there something that you would like to address that we have not asked about or talked about today?
1: No, I don't think so. I think we've covered some, some good ground here. I mean, I'll just, again, touch on, on mindfulness as well. You know, I mean, mm. to me,
0: um,
1: you know, again, the kind of serendipity or whatever, kind of stoicism and mindfulness kind of came into my life. Very close to the same time, and I uh, they just again are such complementary practices. Mm. Stoicism improves my mindfulness practice. Mindfulness improves my stoicism practice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, would strongly recommend um, trying trying out mindfulness. You know, easy. You know, it's low barrier to entry. You know, pick up any of the apps: Headspace, Waking Up, Ten Percent Happier. There's plenty of Mm -hmm. Guided mindfulness meditation apps out there. I do recommend guided meditation, especially to start off. Mm -hmm. I do think it kind of helps to have a coach Mm -hmm. kind of getting you off in the right direction Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, of what mindfulness is and and what's an optimal way to practice it. Um, And I'm five years or so into meditating and I still use guided. I still, I use the waking up app. Mm -hmm. I still like guided meditations to just, again, I think it just adds to my practice, but um, you know, again, with just throw a plug in for mindfulness as well. If you like stoicism, you may enjoy, uh, practicing mindfulness.
0: Excellent. Well, Michael, thank you once again. I appreciate you you sharing with me today. Yeah. Great talking to you. Virtue is the only good. Keep reading the Stoics. Thank you for listening to this episode.